Table for two. We're here, Kyle. Justin. We're back. Um, today we got Johnny, which is Justin's brother. My little kid brother that I can um, still beat in basketball. Yeah, we dive into that. We <laughs> we let them talk about their brotherly love. Yeah. But my little bro is a college basketball coach now for a woman a women's team, uh, Division Two, and they had um, great success this year. Um, won their conference, won their conference tournament, went to the big dance uh, for them, and he kind of talks about all of that. And and uh, we talk basketball. Although this conversation took place in March, you know it's all relevant except for maybe one or two comments on March Madness, and we'll see how much of a basketball genius Johnny is because I think we've. Uh, oh yeah that's right yeah um, final four or something so yeah well uh john johnny dives into the, the sports world a, a good chunk um i kind of dabble into some some college baseball and stuff we talk recruiting um a little more of a sports slant i would say yeah yeah but um i mean it all ties back together with um just just like, being cool, like just correct and trying to live in the moment and true. value relationships. And, you know, regardless of uh, what profession you're doing or where you are in your life, we do talk about relationships. And when you're a basketball coach, those are very mean that, I mean, you need them to be successful. So let's so. get to it. Johnny Montello. Proud of you, brother. <laughs> What's up, everybody? What's up? What's up? Table for two. I'm going to be making a lot of noise over here, I think. Um, Table for two. Underway. Officially. Yeah, baby. Watching the end of the March Madness. Kentucky and Wofford playing each other. 15 seconds left. All right, bro. Give us a play-by-play. Practice Uh, the play-by-play career. He's taking too long. He's dribbling too much. Who? He. He. Uh, It's over. The man. He passes to the man. They're... uh, Five seconds left. Kentucky's up four. Game over. Come on. You need to get Tommy Hamilton call on that. <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, commentary, do you guys remember the uh, the Ball State guy? He was he was like a news anchor from for like college in Ball State. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was trying to do a play by play. He's like, uh, Reggie Miller passes to the man, and boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I remember that one. That was good. You need a catchphrase like that. Like Tommy Hamilton, the Cleveland Indians announcer. A swing and a drive. Deep left, way back. Gone. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> if you're from Cleveland, you would have finished my sentence, bro. I am. Johnny Montello, uh, one of our first guests on Table for Two, uh, college basketball coach at uh, Walsh University on the women's end um, in Canton, Ohio. Coming off yeah, a successful yeah. season, man. We appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Killed yeah. it! Killed it this year, right? Yep, it was twenty-five and six overall record, something like that. Dang, twenty-five dubs in a year, man. Yeah, we won our conference regular season champions, and then we also won the tournament. Went to the NCAA tournament as well. So that's right. Now you won the conference tournament. What was that like for you guys? Did you have command of the league right from the get? Um, no, I wouldn't say that. We uh, we were picked to finish third in the preseason polls. Um, 
We started out. And you won. Yeah. Coaches of the year? We got snubbed. I don't know what to say. Oh. (laughs) That's all right. Um, You got got a bone to pick with somebody then, huh? (laughs) Yeah. We actually had a freshman um, that averaged like 17 points a game. I saw her play. And a bunch of other statistics. And she ended up not getting the uh, freshman of the year award. So that was kind of crazy. A bunch of snubs. Yeah, she Who'd it go to? Uh, a girl on another team that got second team all-conference, but our player got first team all-conference, but didn't get freshman of the year. So oh, that's come a little, on. Jazz, Isn't that a little yeah. weird? Uh, well, you know what? She's just going to have to just look at her ring yeah, forevermore. Yeah, we're getting Instead some of rings. a little plaque, yeah. we're getting some rings. Mm-hmm. Going to have to bet. get uh, player of the year next year instead of freshman of the year. So I guess. So did you have the freshman of the year last year? Yep, yep. Maybe, maybe that's... Yeah, we would have had it two years in a row. Yeah, trying, trying to spread it out a little bit. Yeah, well, it would have looked good for us, though, Communist. as far as recruiting. You know, you know, we're bringing in the best freshman every year that looks good on us as a coaching staff. So That's good on you. That's good on you, your, yeah. the coaching staff, man. So you told me that you weren't in command from the get. Walk us through your season, bud. Um, Man, it, it's crazy. It's a very long season. Um, How many games do you guys play? 31, I think we played. Yikes. Um, 32 maybe I'm not, I, I remember I'm playing sure. like 12 in high school yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it starts so early I mean we start uh, that like November 9th was our first game or something you go till like March 12th or something like that it's just a crazy long season that's a long season man yeah but um, it's a, the longest right I mean it's literally six months when yeah. you consider preseason to you know the final game it's like six and a half seven months which is just nuts yeah and, it's a little bit much man but yeah but um, walk you through the season. Yeah, like what, you know, I know I caught the first game. You guys put up like 90. I mean, did you put up 100? No, we never put up 100 this year. You were close, though, we so game close one. a lot of times. We, we averaged uh, the most points in the conference. Um, I mean, and just before I, I cut you, you guys, off. What would you guys average? 81, something like that. These something. girls could ball. I mean, uh, apparently, yeah, dude. When like I took my buddy from work to one of these games, and he's like, I am so impressed. Every kid can ball. Like, when you think of women's basketball, I mean, you, I don't know if everybody thinks of the raw talent that's there. Yeah, especially like Division Two and, oh. and how it works. And I mean, I think a big problem is everyone just bashes the WNBA for sure. Yeah. But that's right. based off of like comparing major sports to. Yeah, you can't compare it? it to the yeah. NBA. It's, right. It's, yeah. It's, it's but yeah, yeah, collegiate level, man, I mean. Dude, it's so much fun. Everyone can play. Games. Yeah. And everyone sure. wants to play. Oh, yeah, and they're getting after it. Sorry, but so keep keep going. Walk us through. Yeah, guys, average 87 points a game. Yeah, um, from the start, we thought shooting was going to be an issue um, as far as just we, we have some good shooters, but some of our better players weren't, um, you know, high-volume shooters or more attack-the-basket kind of players, so we had to adjust. Like early on, some people guarded us differently. They'd sag off uh, two of our best players, just pack mm-hmm. the paint, and it would block things up for, you know, other players. But um, we found a way to make it work. We just got better, you know, every single day. We started two freshmen and then two sophomores and a senior, so we were really young. So, oh. you know, at the start of the year, we were trying to learn everything. You know, we were confused about things on defense, offense, communication wasn't great. But then, you know, you just get better every single day, and it's a long grind. And At what point? Yeah, I mean, obviously you said you got better, you got better, you got better. At what point were you like, wow, we're really in this? Like, 
we're in a good spot to really make some damage, cause some damage. Yeah, well, we actually kind of were roller coaster. We got we had a really big win early in January, January fifth against Cedarville, who was in first place at the time. We were we had two losses, they had zero, and we blew them out. Eighty four sixty one. I have it up. Yeah, we blew them out by twenty, and it wasn't a game like after halftime we just blew it up. Like yeah. it, in the fourth quarter, like it just stayed around what it was, but it was. A really good win for us and then we actually lost two more at the end of january we were going up we were going up and then we just we went down and and i don't know what happened i think it was just like i said it's a long season so a lot of personalities were just conflicting everyone was tired and you know just it's it's a long grind and then once we realized that wow we kind of messed up like we dropped two games that we shouldn't have lost we really turned it around, and we won 13 straight to finish out the year until the NCAA tournament. So, um, I would say the point when I noticed that was after we beat uh, Kentucky Wesleyan, who we were tied with for first. After we beat them, um, going into the tournament, I knew we were going to do something special then. Um, you mentioned Kentucky Wesleyan. What conference are you guys in? That... GMAT, Great Midwest. Okay, Athletic okay. Conference. Yeah. Is Kentucky Wesleyan? They're in the Wiviac, or are they in the? They're in the GMAC. Too, oh, they yeah. are. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the GMAC's added a lot of teams over the last few years, so there's some changes. But yeah, I, I know a lot of these schools just from having played baseball. I played Division Two, but there's a lot of these schools. You know, different sports fluctuate to different levels of yeah. Division One, Two, and Three. I mean, mm-hmm. Edinburgh up towards Erie is their wrestling programs Division One, but I mean, some of their programs are Division Three. So that stuff yeah. fluctuates for sure. Uh-huh. That's why I was curious because the Wiviac was something. We face we face the Wibiac a lot playing yeah. in the PSAC in mm-hmm. in Pennsylvania, but yeah. so who's on your bracket? Who do you got? Uh, I got Duke winning it all. Yeah, uh, yeah, dude, Zion Williams, man, he's like eight foot twelve, four hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, can, like can jump that. over the hoop. <laughs> dude, yeah. legit. Um, and I mean, they got two or three of the best players, the best coach. A lot of experience as far as that goes. And Who's the other guy? R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett? Yeah. All I know is one of the two, or that kid from Murray State now, who just, you know who I'm talking mm-hmm. about, Ja something. Morant. Ja, not Ja Rule. Uh, Morant. M-R-A-N-T, yeah, that's it. I think. And nobody got my Ja Rule joke. That's fine. But listen, uh, <laughs> one of those three about to be a Cav. Cleveland Cavs. Oh, if we don't They need Zion. a new LeBron. Yeah. Zion, come on down. Why not? King Zion. If we oh, don't get him, it'll be a King failure. King Zion sounds me. good. It sounds like he should be in three hundred. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he should be. Zerk dude, Zerk season Zion. Yeah, dude, but, but he looks like he's thirty. <laughs> yeah. Now, oh, Justin, did you do a bracket? No, no, you didn't dude, get that. The first year of my life, but kids, my, but my kids, wife man. did, dude. So my wife did. So here's the deal. At work, we used to do brackets and stuff. I got a new job. It just doesn't happen. So it's like, yeah, what's the motivation if you're not like throwing some money in a pot? But Cassie, right. my wife, did. And dude, she's, I think, in second place right now. I think it's her and a bunch of other I principals. I think she said 25, 26 people. Yeah. And the winner gets, I think, it was a 200. Johnny or two thousand. Yeah, two hundred. I, I suck at math. There's three types of people in the world. Those one are major, one major zero yeah. there. Two hundred or two thousand. <laughs> you know, like a nice dinner on a weekend or like pay, a pay some mortgage. But yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> pay mortgage, uh, dude. So she's doing well, but she didn't even you know ask me. I got to be honest with you. I, I I'm watching a little bit more college basketball, but I'm not in love with the game like I used to. To me, it seems like, and then Johnny, obviously you could talk more on it, but it seems let's get down the floor fastest in jack of three. Yeah. 
It's like old man open gym league. That's sometime. because you watch Cleveland at the professional level have no idea what's going on now. <laughs> now that LeBron's gone, they yeah. just, they just run around, dude. dude like it's it, like YMCA basketball. I know. Like if you look at the average score, though, like one night I look up, it's like 128 points. <laughs> and remember, it's a race to 100. Whoever gets to 100 it's first cool wins. It's cool to hit 100. Yeah, it, you get free you chalupa. got a free chalupa from Taco yeah. Bell, baby. <laughs> Wait, is that a thing? At, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah you at get a queue? free Taco Bell if you scored 100. And mm-hmm. now it's like. That's in the third quarter. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, the game's yeah. changed, and even at the the women's level for your team, you guys. I mean, transition. I love, I love, but yeah. I can't stand hit, like shooting contested threes early on in the shot clock. Yeah, I mean that's just the way it's gone. I mean the Warriors really changed that. Steph mm-hmm. Curry changed that. You yeah. get to see them play fast. It's fun to watch. It's right. fun to play like that. I like playing Is like it, that. See, it looks exhausting. Say, how, how do you guys <laughs> play like? Obviously, you you had a I don't know what the average was, but a high average of points. Yeah. Are you shooting jumpers all day? No, we're getting to the rim. Yeah, we're just running it down your throat, just fast in transition. Yeah. And that's what it should be, pretty much a three or a layup. Yeah, I said that all along, and now that's literally one of our big philosophies (laughs) is, uh, you know, the mid range jumpers going at such a low percentage, and they're just they're just not great shots. So we really try to not settle for those. Um, No more pages, Stojakovic. Yeah, <laughs> he was nasty on NBA Jam. Dude, he's legit. The Sacramento Pages Kings had it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but. dude. There, there really isn't a mid-range jumper. Like, I mean, in our, the NBA, our high, our is, high school but... is, our high school is terrible at basketball. So I'm not going to speak too highly on basketball, from my knowledge. Yeah. Um, but dude, all we did was chuck threes because that's all we wanted to do. Like, sure. The three mm-hmm. point was cool in high school, you know. Like, yeah, definitely. None of us could dunk. Yeah, yeah, same. Like, no one wants to see me do a layup. Yeah. yeah. Like, we would walk the ball up. Like, right. let's run a set. Yeah. South, run it. No, that doesn't okay, happen Okay, with that anymore. being said, have you guys seen the whole controversy with the shot clock in the high school basketball game? No. Not in high school, no. They, What's that? So there's not a shot clock in oh. Ohio, at least, and in a yeah, lot of states. Yeah, yeah. There's a few states up in the I East I thought you Coast. were saying that, like, that they implemented one no they need to is what the controversy is because well, there's sure. teams that are holding the ball literally the final scores are 17 to 16 like really yeah, burning minutes. yep and these are like teams that like it's in the actual like tournament like in the playoffs they know they're not going to win so they hold it they slow the game down as much as they possibly to can. give them a chance it makes sense yep but no one wants to watch that. Like, say there's a college coach at that game. They get nothing out of that. Those players right. don't get better from that game. It's very mm. frustrating. I mean, so. are, are any of these schools people that are going to have potential college players, or are they just trying to survive as long as they can? Well, actually, yeah, it's funny you said that because I was thinking, oh, I mean, these are just small schools. But it was in uh, a very big game. I forget who was playing. I think it was in Ohio. And there were two big schools that I knew of that had college prospects on them. They were on the men's side. But um, – yeah, and they were just holding the ball. I'm like, that is just terrible. And there's yeah, just all this debate about whether they need a shot clock or not, and I I really think they do. I think it would make it so much more exciting. Yeah, I mean, why not? Like, I don't know. Any, any level after high school has it. Mm-hmm. So why not, like... Does high school football have a play clock? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a fair comparison or no? Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously there's a penalty on that side of things. Probably... I would think the the play clock in football is probably more penalizing than the shot yeah. clock in basketball, because basketball you're going to miss shots either way. You're not going to miss a play in the in football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like you're actually losing, you know, one of your four chances when you stall a clock. Yeah, in. exactly. Yeah, and like also like I feel that by doing 
the shot clock for the boys and the girls for high school, they get to take shots that their coaches wouldn't really want them to take because yeah. shot clock's going down. It it's more Chucked exciting. It yeah. yeah, more cool things happen. And uh, back to what you said about the reasoning why they haven't done it, one person I was talking to said that it's because it's very expensive to add a new shot clock to every single gym. Sure, it's gonna sense. cost hundreds of dollars, and who's gonna pay for that? And it's got to be out the hoop because you're looking that way. Yeah, it's got to be right above the and hoop. And someone has to operate exactly. It's so another you, person it's every like, single game. It's pulling teeth, bro, to get oh, I bet. somebody to keep score at a game at a you high school game, book. even if you pay them. Nobody's like, oh, twenty five bucks, fine, whatever. Like, it, I wouldn't even do it for twenty five bucks. It's right. It stinks to it's keep tedious the work. Book. Yeah, unless you love it. Like, you ever get to a game and, like, oh, shoot, we don't have anybody to keep the book. And, and an assistant coach, I would have to, as assistant coach, I would have to keep the book sometimes. And it's it's a pain in the neck. Yeah. That's there, no there's got to be technology for that now, right? Like You would think. I mean, we're still using paper and pencil. Still using paper and pencil, yep. At every what level. are we doing? For like, official, yeah. Yeah, official scorebook so that if anything Look, gets messed up, they This might that. be a crazy idea off the top of my head. <laughs> but an app, you just put in players' numbers. Oh, number 11 made that two-pointer. You, yeah, yeah. you just push number 11. Boom, points logged. So they just have print, that. print that out when you're done. They have that, and um, some teams, like high school teams, use it on the bench with an iPad and, like, like I, I never did it when I was coaching at the high school, but now I know the new head coach there has their assistant literally on the iPad keeping their stats. But, I mean, that's a pain, too, because as an assistant, you, you're you not really watching the game. You're just keeping stats. Right, you can't right. really coach. Yeah, you, you need someone for yeah. that. And so with as far as you said, like, why don't you just print it out at the end? Well, we have, like, a sports information director that keeps all our stats, and um, they give us a printed out every single time out of turnovers, all every stat that you could think of, so... We don't have it, but you got to keep the official book just to be safe. Yeah. Let go. Hey, and uh, took a quick break, and we're back. And, uh, bro, just a quick thing to you, and if you haven't figured it out yet, this is my little brother, Johnny Montello. Uh, little, uh, because I just still can beat him in basketball one-on-one. I'm like Dirk <laughs> Nowitzki, and he's like Muggsy Bogues, and I just back him down. And I'm like that high school team hey, that's just trying to keep that so game know, Mug- 17, 16. Just so you know, Muggsy Bogues is better looking than Dirk. Hey, First of you. all, yeah. And, and judging by Muggsy Bogues' Facebook, he's also jacked. So. Hey. <laughs> dad Listen, bod over there. Wait, Dirk's number, what, six all time with the dad bod, so I'm going to roll with it, bro. Dirk's too I, humble to post a selfie. Shirtless, that's true. Shirtless, though. True. So. true. 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 <laughs> hey, I missed my transition. Let me get back to it, man. So you talked about the role of an assistant coach on a high school basketball team, which obviously I think I can speak to that. But I want you to talk to us about your role as an assistant uh, at a Division two college team. And yeah. then also, because you were a grad assistant here, too. So talk mm-hmm. to us about, like the I guess, the role of a grad assistant, how it differs to an assistant, you know, because... I think that's important to know. Yeah, well, the cool thing about being at a small school is that we don't have seven assistants like at these D1 programs, so it's not very specialized. I get to work on a little bit of everything. It looks good on my resume because right. I have experience in literally every facet of the job that you could think of. So with that being said, I'll talk about the assistant roles first before the GA stuff. You know. It's literally everything from organizing team meals to travel to making scouting reports, recruiting, you know, organizing all that. Um, If I had to go down the list, I'd say my first thing is obviously scouting reports. 
the way we divide them up is me and our other assistant, we switch off every single game. So, you know, I'll take, as far as the scouting report goes, I have to watch, you know, probably the previous three games from that team. I'll watch all their baseline out-of-bounds plays, all their defensive clips to see if they, you know, run any zone or anything. And we have a pretty cool program called Synergy that breaks everything down for us, makes it relatively simple, saves us a lot of time. It still takes probably around, I don't know, I'd say about 10 hours to do a scouting report each week. Um, so after that, you know, we execute that at practice, you know, draw up the plays, you know, get our practice squad to run through all of those. Um, so that, that'd be my main responsibility is doing that. Aside from that, um, I do the, all the travel for our away games. Mm-hmm. So the team meals, organizing the buses, uh, recently the plane rides, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then after that, recruiting is the next biggest thing. Um, just going to see players. Um, our other assistant does the, like since I do travel and everything, she organizes the recruiting schedules. So she tells me where to go. We go there. We go see people. And AAU season's coming up, and that's a big time for us to go see some kids. So um, so those are kind of my main responsibilities now. Um, some other ones would be like fundraising and other things like that. But it's a lot different from being a graduate assistant. Um, that's more like... I don't want to say, you know, like, bitch work or anything, like, but it's definitely, like, you know... But it is. A little bit, yeah, (laughs) a little bit, yeah. I I mean, mean, I think you know as a GA that you're going to get what's given to you. Oh, yeah, I mean, when I was doing that, I mean, there were days where we had to send out recruiting mailers and fundraising stuff, and I'm licking envelopes for two hours (laughs) because I'm sending out envelopes. Uh, It depends. It's day by day with the GA job. You never know what you're going to get. Some days coach is going to need you to do something really important. Some days you're not going to have that much going on. And it's really hit or miss. With that being said, though, I think that um, having watched you be a GA at at Walsh, it was really cool because, you know, watching March Madness, you look at maybe somebody in a suit at the end of the bench who runs the stool out and then gets out of the, the huddle. And they're not part of it sometimes, depending mm-hmm. on what level of GA, right? And so those are most likely managers. They have, oh, right. like I said, like okay. they have literally thirteen people that they bring on their staff, probably. Sure, like, but for, those games. for your team though, there were there's a head coach, two assistants, and you. So you were in the huddles. You were well, when I was the GA. Yeah, you, when you were the GA, correct. And so I, that had to be maybe I'm speaking out of ignorance, but a better learning experience to some degree than being part of a like a D1 program yeah, where you're not as involved. Is that fair to say? Yeah, so like the GAs at a Division One program, I had a few friends that are. I mean, their jobs are very specifically broken down. My one buddy was a GA at Tulsa for the men's team, and he specifically did travel stuff for them. That's pretty that's much it. all he did. That was his only job. That, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of GA in baseball as well. Yep. Travel. For real? Yeah. I mean, assistant coach handles... You know, pitching routines, they handle... I mean, if you get to a major program, you got a pitching coach, you got a, you know, a hitting coach, you got an infield coach. It gets really in-depth at some point. But yeah. but at least at Division two level, uh, Division three, even smaller Division ones are the same thing. Like, GA kind of gets that travel job because you got to book hotels, you got to, fu- yeah. you know, make sure buses are lined up, food, lunches, when, yeah. when you're uh, on the road. But... Yeah, absolutely. And we got to, I mean, all all of us assistants, we really got to be just a jack of all trades with every single thing that we do. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. There's, we're such, you know, so shorthanded that 
you know, you just got to be ready for anything. And I think that really helps um, me as far as my experience and me feeling comfortable going into another job. Like, I feel like I can do anything because I, I have done literally everything that could go into a college, you know. So this is program. off topic. I don't want to forget about this question. Um, when you watch March Madness, you know, like these these major division ones, do you see stuff different than just like, obviously we played basketball growing up, but we see motion and we see, you know, we yeah. see offensive rebound, we see defensive rebound. Like we, we see terms. We don't necessarily see um, – technique that someone's doing whether they're backing someone in the lane a certain way or yeah or something like that do you see that differently yeah definitely i mean we were just going through it and um you guys saw that thing on twitter and i think there's a commercial right now of michigan and how uh their manager set up that court for the walkthrough with the tape and everything they set that up have you seen that no i haven't seen that man in the hotel conference room they literally set up tape they got a key they got a basket doing march madness yeah they even put march madness at half court, so they so they get the feel of actually being on a March Madness court. Yeah, they went above and beyond, and the reason that they do that isn't is for a walkthrough. So what they do is they walk probably through every single one of their sets. This is what we do at least. They're based on out of balance plays. They're sideline out of balance plays. If they had any sets that they need to go over, and they walk through all that. And the point of the walkthrough is that. There are certain sets that they're trying to exploit the way you guard things. So say normally you don't play switching uh, defense or like say you normally play non-switching defense and they're going to try to run a play to capitalize that. Well, you got to walk through that play and try to guard it differently to not get beat. So when I'm watching these games, I'm watching how the defense is, you know, reacting to these screens. Like, why did they do that? But on this in the motion, they didn't do that. Well, it's because in that specific set, it's that way. Or you can watch the offense and say, well, why did they screen it this way? And, mm-hmm. you know, so my mind, it's just thinking about all those different things. And also, like, the Tom Izzo thing right now that's going on. I was going to just ask, bro. Great transition. Yeah. Wait, hold, hold on. One more question about the Michigan thing. I think this is crazy that they, they mapped out a half court. Yeah. yeah. Like, in a carpeted room. Yeah. So, like, they put March Madness. They put half court. You know, they have three-point line. This thing looks like they painted this on the floor. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are, the, are they saying, like, um... Hey, if we're going to try to stall a little bit, you know, get across half court, you know, here's where the March Madness logo is. Let's make sure we're here compared to that. Like, is it that detailed or is it just like, or is it, we're just playing this side of this court and that's where we need to be. I think it was just this side of the court, but I don't know. Um, maybe because I mean, those guys go over literally every single situation. The thing with D1 programs is they practice all summer too. Right. So they might have stuff like that. Like, hey, we're trying to stall. You get to this point. They might have things like that. We don't. Or, or half-court press or whatever. I yeah. Mean, so do, you, they, do you think they're using that March Madness logo? Or, is, or is that just maybe motivational? I think that was just a reminder, motivational. reminder that think. they're there. Yeah, I think it's a reminder that they're gets you uh, kind of in the moment. And that one of the guys from Virginia said a quote the other day. It said, be where your feet are. That helped him. I saw you put that on moment. Twitter. Yeah, What's I your Twitter handle really cool. real quick? <laughs> JMO JMO underscore three one three. JMO JMO? Yeah, JMO underscore. Oh, oh JMO three one three. JMO three one three. Underscore positive that. tweets going up there. Say that quote one more time. Be where your feet are. Yeah, elaborate. Um so just be in the moment and like with relating back to you know the Michigan managers, they get to see that court. They get to see the NCAA March Maslow. So it kind of keeps you grounded a little bit, makes you ready for that moment and uh you know, any any chance you can be more prepared for that going into those big games is huge. So, yo, be just um, so I know that you would tell me like, oh yeah, this is my 
scout tonight against mm-hmm. your opponent. And so then when I was watching you guys in the tournament too, it looked like you knew what the opponent was doing a couple of times. Your girls would step in a passing lane, get one and go the other way for a one on no fast break. How pumped do you get as an assistant when a set is busted? Yeah, well, you were at the Hillsdale. Uh, we played Hillsdale. We yeah. won by two, and they're trying to call a play. Correct, was, correct. One of the coolest things I've ever witnessed. Yeah, it was pretty go awesome. Ahead, tell uh-huh. me. They were trying to call a play. We were up two with, I don't even know, 15 seconds left, something. I, I knew exactly. And you're shooting a free throw. Your team's shooting a free throw. Yes. And yes. he's down at the other end calling out his play. I think it was. He Somewhere they were going to cross 14, for a three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He called it like 14 low or something like that. I knew it. I heard the play call earlier. I knew it all week. Um, and so after he said that, the girls are still shooting free throws on this end. I literally scream, hey, she's going to do a double flare. Number 12 is going to curl. Then they're going to set another one for number 10 right off. I said it. And he's just standing <laughs> up in the middle of the gym. I'm like, oh and it's my quiet. gosh, bro, what are you doing? Like, it's quiet. It's quiet. <laughs> I'm it's like, all right, all right, bro, what's up? Like, good for you, good for you, good for And then so coach called out a different play. Yep. He literally looked at me and goes, all right, he got it. We're going to run this one. <laughs> he literally started, yeah. He's an awesome guy. This coach he, is my favorite one. He just tips his hat to you. Like, yep. He did. But he, then you called it out again, forcing <laughs> coach to use his final timeout, yep. essentially, right? Uh-huh. He because, tried to call another one, or he tried to say another play, and I yelled that one out, too. And, yeah, so we knew it was coming, which Damn. was really cool. Dude, when you talk about coaches impacting a game, I mean, that's, that's, it. that's it right there. You don't understand. It's yeah. a two-point game with 15 seconds to go in the conference semifinals. This was the final four, essentially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you made him burn that timeout, which essentially, like, then the whatever set they drew up. It didn't end up winning. Put you in a bad spot with less than 10 yeah. seconds left. Yeah. Or but soon th- to be 10 seconds. Yeah. So, But that's just it. So they they couldn't. So they inbounded. Well, they uh, actually, uh, they had already used their last timeout. Oh, oh, I see. My and bad, then my he bad. was trying to call something out, but he had nothing to call out because I, I knew every single thing they were trying there you to go. do. So, so it worked out really well. They ended up running the second play that mm-hmm. I was calling out, and um, we knew it was coming, uh, and it didn't work. So. so, and maybe that's why the game has changed because here you are, a 24-year-old kid, uh, impacting a Final Four game. You know, the level of scouting has to probably be one of those reasons why the game's changed well to that's be... technology i mean we yeah, have for sure. it, like yeah. i said that program i mean i literally can break down right uh, with one click of a button i can see every single half court set that a team's ran all year so that's why and, and, not, yeah. and not to mention i i think a lot of teams at least in base <laughs> i see this in baseball a lot um a lot of teams that don't face each other maybe won't face each other Realistically, unless you end up in a college world series or, yeah. you know, a basketball finals for your situation, yeah. we'll share some information on teams they play. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, you know, we played schools like university of Tampa, Tampa and baseball is bar none, ridiculously good. Yeah. Their coaches winning percentage is like seven fifty. Mm-hmm. in baseball. That's absurd. Yeah. Um, but someone will share information like, you know, like we might get a scouting report on Tampa. We might only play them once a year mm-hmm. in Florida when we're on spring training or something. But we'll have like, hey, you know, they're one, two, three guys have this routine, pitch like this, do that. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, but I think a lot of people pass information around as long as it's not going to immediately affect your conference champs or anything. Yeah, or within the conference, like no that. one's saying anything. But like when we were playing in the NCAA tournament, we had some people tell us some stuff about our opponent, just, you know, a few things. Just, well, the thing is, you look like 
become friends with all these other coaches. Like we're going to the final four convention here soon in a few weeks and you get to meet everybody. It's a big networking event. Right. You go out with everyone. As I say, everyone's boys and, and exactly. or, or women. You yeah. Know, ev- everyone's tight. Yeah, exactly. So like, you know, everyone's <laughs> <Or> women. I mean, it's, it's women's basketball. I don't want to offend uh, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. that's just one thing that this podcast, we love you regardless of anything you could ever think of. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> Not just you. The, the public service announcement mixed, yeah. in, mixed we in. We, we don't love care you people. your we race, love you. your gender, your sexuality. We're it's, still we're still going to make fun of you at some point. Correct. Regardless. Ev- every, everyone. Every we love you. Go, uh, bro. You broke up that? my train of thought. I don't know Listen, what I was going to say. All right, let's talk about Izzo. I mean, I Good, feel like we yeah. need to cover that. Okay. Um, He's a maniac, right? Well, when we first uh, <laughs> were talking about that, you were talking about when you watched the tournament. You know, do you see things differently? And I completely agree with his behavior because I guarantee what he messed up, what that player messed up on that play, they have talked about at least five times. Yeah. I promise. And this kid has watched it on film. They did it in walkthrough, and he still messed it up. So let me just hit at you real quick because once – let me just hit at you quick because once that was over, they interviewed the player and he said, yeah, you know what? I need to be better, I think. And the coach, Izzo, said essentially, listen, it's none of your business, but it was an effort thing. Yep. It was an effort thing. And as a coach, you know. You, you, don't, gotta, need, you don't want to coach effort in the NCAA tournament. As From a freshman. You shouldn't have to. You right? shouldn't yeah. have to. This kid right. should be jacked ready to rock and roll. And everyone's like, you know, it's a 10-0 run. What could coach Izzo be upset about? But he said it was an effort thing. Yep. And, um, anyways, that's what that's I just, just like a lack of focus and yeah. and the effort thing. Like, say, like I said, like maybe it was something that they talked about like multiple times. Sure. You know, it takes effort to do things the right way, and you know, so I, I understand why he was upset. And yep, I but, think. But do you think he could have handled it differently, knowing that everybody in the country is watching this game? No, you don't no. give a damn about what anyone's watching. What? In my opinion, and by the way, sorry, Kyle, you're good, but. Never mind. What about <laughs> what about appropriate? What about Bobby Knight though? Like, I mean, if we rewind this ten years, thirty for thirty, he was reckless by by all means. Yeah, but I mean, people still want to play for him because you know what? He was winning. Randy Whitman, my best friend growing up, his old man who ended up coaching the Cavs, coached Timberwolves with Flip Saunders, coached Washington Wizards. He won a national championship with Bob Knight in nineteen eighty eight. Something like that, maybe. So I mean, I mean, so people want to go there. Bobby Knight's seventy-eight years old right now. Izzo is sixty-four. So I mean, there's a fourteen-year age difference there. I'm sure Izzo has watched Bobby Knight coach for years, whether he was coaching like you know against him or watched him coach before he he was in a situation like Michigan State. Like, there's got to be some sort of proof that. Aggression works. Maybe we don't, you know, well, everyone, pound some kid because he did something wrong. But I, but I think an aggressive coaching stance probably has something to say about it. Well, yeah, and the thing that it comes back to is all of those players know that Tom Izzo cares about them. They all have their established relationship. That's set. So when he gets on you like that, you know that it's because he wants the best out of you and he thinks you can yeah, do Yeah, he, he sets the bar here and you know the bar's here. Yep. And he cares about you, and that's what it comes from. So as long as the players know that it's rooted in that, then it's cool. Well, it goes back to what you said. 
There's an airplane, ladies can you hear and gentlemen. That? <laughs> you can probably hear little kids bouncing balls, my dog barking. Sorry. I was actually so driving long. on the highway today coming here, and there were eight blacked out helicopters right over the highway that I was going that's on. How, that's how I got here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was you. Okay, sweet. Tail for two helicopters. Yeah, but, well, we got to talk about your private jet experience in a minute with the team. Yeah, that was pretty but, sweet. Um, oh, dude, that's. Let's, um, I want to get back to relationships. Do you want to talk about your private jet experience or relationships? Wait, oh. Hold on. Can I spring something on you guys? Yeah. So, yeah. I got a little surprise questionnaire for you guys. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> a little brotherly love, if you will. <laughs> okay. All right. Let me I was fi- going to say something, but I couldn't say it. That's okay. Thank you. Let me find this. Hold on. I got. I got something for you. You guys know what tag questions are? Nah, nah. Never heard. Who is more likely to? Okay. Mm. As, as brothers? Yeah, as brothers. All right, great. Speaking of relationships. So we'll be we'll be quick. We'll do five. All right. Does that work right. for you? Yeah. Yeah, bro, let's go. All right. Who's more likely to abandon the room because of spiders? Johnny. Yeah, me. Yeah, I got to kill him, bro. I got to kill him. He got all the muscles. He got all the muscles, but... I feel like Cassie would take care of that for you. Dude, I don't mess with spiders. Or you just don't care. Listen, first of like all, him. Cassie, she could do do nope. mow the lawn, plow the drive, but she will not touch a spider. She beats me in arm wrestling. That's it, huh? She builds the house, does not do a spider. So that's me. I, I have to say a little prayer every time. Please, God, forgive me. And I got to kill the spider. Sometimes I get it out in a cup, though, and it's alive. You're one of those people. I'm one of those. I knew you, that about you. I knew you were, but uh, so got, you, that's why you love me. Cup on the wall, and then tape the cup to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> got to poke holes so it can breathe. Um, uh, most likely to annoy each other on person or on on purpose. Sorry, dude. I think I would annoy you more than you know, annoy me. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I, I definitely said no. I do. I'm sorry. Yeah. This this is. This next one's for fun. Let's not get too aggressive. Yeah. Most likely to assassinate the president. Oh, definitely. Me. Maybe Justin not this president. Spider. Maybe. Wait, wait who? A, a president. Me. You? Yeah, I can't hurt a person. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> you got super aggressive on the basketball court. Me, you I was like, me eh. off enough. I get a little. Yeah, you got that Galewood blood in you. My, my mom's side of the family, psychotic. Love, <laughs> love y'all. Well, you're going to But y'all psychotic. You guys are going to meet uh, Grandpa Bill in the Tomorrow. next few days. You'll yeah. see, yeah. bro. You'll, so. d- listeners, you'll hear my psychotic grandfather. Yes, and he is not exaggerating on the psychotic part. Wait, wait, wait. Grandpa's <laughs> Facebook status today. God bless the Second Amendment and some <laughs> dude I've never heard of. <laughs> gotta love wait, there's, there's more to it? Yeah, there's and some buddy I never heard of, but like, like George it, Washington or someone. Nah, like Stephen Stefan Marbury or somebody. I don't know. It's like <laughs> I don't think it's Stefan. No, I thank don't God think. for the Second Amendment and spin a room. <laughs> All right, one more. We'll get back to this. All right, this is a loaded question. Most likely to bake a cake for a school trip. Me, bro. Can you even? You just recently started cooking. I don't know. Um, yeah, not me. Wait, Johnny, you're the fitness guy, though, so, like, you got chicken and broccoli for every meal. I'm vegetarian, actually. Oh, so you got... Broccoli. (laughs) (laughs) You got a protein shake and broccoli. Exactly, yeah. Do a lot of protein Mix that up like soup and call it a day? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Chocolate soup. You know, chocolate broccoli soup. It's pretty good. No, I'm just kidding. I got 100 questions for you off the the record. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Might beat you up in the alleyway. (laughs) 
All right, so let's talk. Let's the private jet baller status. Let's get yeah, there. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, so our NCAA tournament was in um, Missouri, Springfield, Missouri, which is like three hours from St. Louis. That's what everyone kept asking me where it was in relation to that. But um, to get us to fly home after the game, obviously, like you don't buy your tickets because you don't know when you're gonna lose at the NCAA tournament. So they have a travel agent on standby that pretty much hooks you up and mm. tries to get you guys the best options, you know, all that stuff. And they wanted us to take this crazy flight. They wanted us to drive to Arkansas, fly to Cleveland, then have to drive back down to Canton. And we're just going to be like $1,200 per ticket. One way. And now, a, a whole day of travel. And a whole day of travel. You now, brought up fundraising early. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> like, Dude, you better sell cars. But the cool thing, <laughs> yeah, the cool thing about uh, the NCAA tournament is that the NCAA has to pay for twenty people, so they had to pay. They were about to pay like twenty four thousand dollars. How many do you roll? Yikes! With? We rolled with twenty three. Um, so, oh, so, so wash basically... covers three. Yeah, wash covers three. Yeah. yeah, three four grand. Yep. So that's doable for a team that. Just yeah, but still, that was ridiculous for a flight home from right freaking Missouri. So um, the Ozarks. <laughs> yeah, so I asked them like, "Yo, we were close. We were yeah, actually we were close." close. Um, we uh, I asked the lady. I was like, "Hey, is there any way that we can get a private jet? Like, we this is just gonna be ridiculous. Like, we were traveling with an infant too. Oh, like, for real? Yeah, my coach's baby. Oh, thanks for taking my and kid. a three year old. Been cool. Yeah. Anyways. Um, his first private jet experience doesn't matter. Yeah. So they, uh, they hooked us up. They said it'd be a similar price anyway. And it ended up only being a thousand dollars for Walsh for those extra three people. So it worked out real well for us, but it's pretty awesome. Thanks. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have ever flown on a private jet, but you roll up. You know I have it. I know you have it. I just wanted to say it. Yeah. You, 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 just rub that in. First off, we're in a dope-ass bus. We just roll up right to the airport. like On you, the runway. Yeah. No, seriously. Yeah, I know. This thing comes out. I do it this all gate. Time. Yeah. <laughs> My guy called us. We go right up to the plane. And there is no security. You just can't. I could have brought an AK-47. El Chapo. Yeah. El Chapo. We could have snuck El Chapo to Ohio if we wanted. Um, they didn't even check, like... They checked our IDs for like two seconds, and then they didn't even count the number of people. Just to that make were sure they had the right team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you get on the plane. First off, you only show up thirty minutes before the flight, so no, you know, you don't got to get there early or anything. And then, yeah, it was a thirty-person plane, so it was, you know, but everything was spaced out. It was really cool. Direct flight, hour and a half flight instead of being traveling for fifteen hours. It was really awesome. It was super cool. Um, obviously, no baggage claim, nothing. I don't know if I could fly normal again. You just <laughs> yeah. show I bet it's, you will. It's yeah. like, <laughs> hey, you never know. Podcast gonna blow up. Next week. <laughs> <laughs> I will literally be on spirit. Next. Um, <laughs> yeah, spirit. Good old spirit. It's good. I That's like crazy. It. They were nice to me when we, you know. Not even gonna lie, I'm a rewards member. So. <laughs> one of, That's how you gotta fly with travel points, man. Uh, so, with all the credit cards out there. So one of my buddies, I'll keep his name off here if he doesn't want it out there um lives in lives in north carolina and originally from pittsburgh uh his wife is in law practicing law attorney type work oh, not okay. exactly sure what her role is but yeah um her boss balls out pretty hard and at some point they they had to come back to pittsburgh i think for an unfortunate event or sorry to hear that, something like that but but they weren't sure how they were going to get back to Pittsburgh. And and her boss stepped up and said, hey, take my jet, 
for the Stop. day. That's awesome. Take my jet for the day. They hopped on this plane. It's just the two of them chilling on a jet by themselves. Flew to Pittsburgh, you know, handled their business, and flew back to North Carolina that day. That's which, amazing. I mean, to make a, a good situation out of a bad one, I think that's as good as it could have gotten. Well, that's, that's how I felt with us losing. And then we're like, <laughs> all right, well, we get a private jet home. That's that's dope. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, this, is be- this is better in second place trophy. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, right? Perfect. But, dude, it, that both of those stories come down to relationships. NCAA needs a strong relationship with, with his teams. Your um, buddy's uh, wife is probably going to like see that as oh, oh for sure. big ups for my boss I'm not going to probably leave you so it all comes back to relationships and as a teacher I know that it's about the relationships with the students and the parents and then being a middle school high school coach and like you talked about earlier with coach Izzo it all comes back to, to the relationship I'm sure Izzo knows he could get after that kid that way exactly he wouldn't have done it if that kid couldn't handle it mm-hmm. so the topic that I wanted to talk about real quick was <coughs> relationships because and in basketball, because those are lifelong. Yeah. My high school coach walked in my classroom the other day. He teaches in the uh, same district, gave me a hug in front of 25 kids, you know, 15 years later, and it made my day, you yeah. know, and I love them. But I've been seeing these videos from March Madness. Did you guys see the FDU uh, team? They lost big to Gonzaga, but that kid, they're down 35 points or something. He makes a layup at the end and one. And first thing he does, runs over and hugs his coach. Did y'all see that video? No. Dude, I teared up. As a father, as a bro- as an older brother, as a coach, as a teacher, I started tearing up because that's what it's about, the relationships. Cincinnati, they just lost a tough one. What does the coach do? He's hugging his two players. Yep, I saw that. You know what I mean? So talk to us about the importance of relationships. Yeah, I mean, it all comes down to trust. You get, They got to know that you care about them. Because they're not going to listen to you unless they trust in what you're saying and that they believe that you, one, believe in them and two, just want what's better for them. So like I said, it's a long season. For seven months, if I'm barking at the same kids about the same thing, they're going to get annoyed about it unless they understand that. As you will. Yeah, exactly. Anyone would. And unless they understand that the only reason I'm staying on them is because they're not doing it right. They trust in my opinion in them and they trust that it's not personal that I just want what's best for them. So it's really important. And, you know, those relationships extend far beyond what's going on on the court. And Dude, I, I, again, referencing baseball, having, you know, same yeah. situation, but more player side for me. But um, Coach Messer at Slipper Rock was one of those guys who he had been to a college World Series. He has his track record. He, he just hit a thousand wins this maybe 10 games ago, not nice. even. Um, so he's got a resume for baseball that's yeah. a mile long. Uh, he's one of those guys that when I went to Slippery Rock, I started at Kent State, um, transferred to Slippery Rock. He took me in with open arms, said, hey, here's your role, straight up. Yeah. Every Everything was realistic. It wasn't, hey, you're going to start day one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, You know, anything like that. And he's a guy that he, he's going to joke with you. He's going to pick on you. At the same time, he still plays that coaching, like father figure. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. Like, just an utmost respect for this dude. But he did the same thing. Like, he would tell you, like, stern but fair way that, yeah. like, um, hey, we shouldn't lose to Clarion in baseball. You know, Cl- Clarion's was known to be bad at yeah. baseball. We lose, we drop a game to them. Hey, we shouldn't do this. I don't need to tell you. Let's get back to it. Yeah. And, you know, he was, he was a short-spoken guy, I think, for the most part. But I think it does carry a lot of weight when you trust someone. 
Yeah, definitely. And, like, you know, it comes to, you know, the off-the-court stuff, too. Like, if we got our players going through stuff, like, off-the-court with their families or their friends, whatever's going on in their lives, they feel comfortable enough to come to you and tell you that. Because they'll show up at practice, and you can tell right away. When you spend that much time with somebody, you can tell right away. And if you really care about them, something's up. And you don't know what what it is, but you, then you talk to them about it and you try to make them feel better and make sure that they know that this is a safe place to be and that... It's a family. Exactly. And building that culture is, to me, the most important thing that you can do. And, like, I think, Justin, like you said, like, that's what it's all about. Like, yeah. for me, at least, helping others, um, just being a positive, you know, influence with them and being on the girl side... Um, I don't really, like, people have asked me if that's been challenging to develop those relationships, but, you know, I don't think so. I mean, I'm really close to all of our players. I think that they respect me, um, even though I'm, you know, know, very close in age with them. But, you know, they can talk to me about stuff if they're going through, you know, guy troubles or their family stuff. I mean, I open myself up and talk to them about my life, so they reciprocate that. Right. It's a lot easier to talk to someone about what's going on in your life, if you have heard from them that yeah. they're willing to talk about that stuff. Uh-huh. Or they've gone through something similar. E- even from your intra-personal life, like with your friends and stuff, you you can think in your head who your friends are that you would go talk to about an issue. Yeah, right. You're not going to go to the person who's insensitive and and controlling in their ways or demanding of right. of things from you yeah. unless they're showing compassion for for other things in their lives. Yeah, exactly. So. And that, that's tough to do, though, if you talk about um, the age difference or lack thereof, if you talk about the gender difference. Like, I think that says a lot about you, too, on how like how you uphold yourself, because not everybody can do that. I went to some games. I saw four different, five different teams. I didn't see any young male assistant coaches on the women's end. So yeah, well, that's because you, I'm bro. awesome, but thank that's you. That's right. That's I mean, I think <laughs> that also comes from head coach, comes from, Correct. you know, the AD the and culture. stuff, to know that that yeah. you're the guy. Yeah, I mean, that's true. To know that Johnny's the guy. If, if, if they thought Johnny had a, a hard time, you know, connecting to what may be the same age or what may be um a gender gap or something like that he's not the guy yeah i wouldn't be there so 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 i mean he he's got that he's a he's a super personal guy obviously thanks i mean you got debatable you guys both are (laughs) give me a hug um but no i mean i I think i think you end up where you're supposed to be eventually no doubt Um, and that's that's like one of those things like i read peaceful warrior Kyle, as, oh, here we go. That again. All right, I'll be <laughs> yeah. done with that. Now you can talk about it. The book recommendation for this podcast is The Way of the Peace of War by Dan Millman. Go read it. It's it's good. Um, and it's that's, the, our, that's our new thing, guys. A book recommendation. Book recommendations. Every <laughs> Dude, episode. It's hard to be a gangster <laughs> when you have a book recommendation podcast. When you got a library you record in. I used to yeah. be a gangster rapper. And now I'm giving you book really were, dude. I was. Kyle, have you seen the pictures of Justin in his old Kings jersey? Mike Bibby, Mike Bibby, was it like Sal? I was gonna say, was it size forty four? It really was. But Nelly was big at the time. That was the thing, you know. But Justin had chains. He had Fubu shirts. Oh no, dude! You're in clear framed glasses right now. I told you it's hard to be a gangster. I'm very thankful for my wife. We'll just keep it at that. Um, and then the, <laughs> what for straightening it up? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, when she met me, I was still freestyle rapping on college parties. At I, college I heard parties. you beatbox less than a week ago. 
Yeah. <laughs> Not much has changed. I, I still got a little gangster in me. Don't get it confused. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, listen, Believe last it when I see it again. One, one, of, one of the last uh, <laughs> topics that I want to talk about today, because I know we're running on time, but here, yeah. life skills that sports provide. I know we talked about relationships, and it doesn't matter the job. It doesn't matter if it's sports or real life. I'm telling you, relationships are important. If you're at college, go to professor hours or whatever they call them. You know, if you're not doing, get, you know what I'm talking about with the college no. hours? You like study t- tables? No, when when they're in their office. Oh, off, office hours? St- uh, go to office, office hours. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Stop. I messed up. I was up. like, professor hours, who's he? <laughs> <laughs> Great guy. <laughs> but if something's wrong, go talk to the people. Relationships are everything. But talk to us some about the life skills because some, you know, being a dad to two young kids, we're like, hey, are they going to play sports if they don't like them? And I'm like, well, yeah, they're. I want them to learn some life skills. But what life skills? I got skills? two for you. Go. Uh, the first one is just... Um, are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to say... I'm trying to figure out the right one. The first Dude, one that I would say... Sorry. I was, was going to say... Right up front, for sure, for me, is communication. Yeah. I talk about communication constantly, like, with my friends. Like, I probably preach that, you know, if we're drinking or something. I'm like, hey, man, just deep, deep, deep. Like, (laughs) just ranting for people. Yeah. But, dude, communication, A, while you're playing a sport, you have to communicate because you're not going to be good if you don't. Yeah. I mean, whether it be, you know, basketball terms, you know, if if you're doing a switch or you're, you know, covering defenses or something like that, for sure. But outside of that, if you don't build, I mean, I played baseball with some people I would not probably hang out with outside of baseball. Yeah, that's fine. But at the same time, I will say every one of those dudes are my boys, and I would have their back. Yeah, yeah. We would we would never meet in real life and become friends. But communication creates that. Yeah, you know that we're here for the for the same thing. You know that we're here to win. We're here to get along. We're here to have something in common. So once you find that thing, you know you build from there. So communication for me. Yeah. Sorry, sorry to jump on. No, I know yeah, that's for that, you. But... No, it relays right into what I was going to say, and that applies to you know real life. You got to talk to your boss. You got to talk to your you know wife, your kids. You know you got to be able to communicate with them. But you know that comes back to di- uh, the first one I was going to say would be discipline. You got to do things right every single time. And as far as communication goes, that's a big part of that. You have to communicate when you're tired. You have to be able to have conversations that you don't want to have in sports. Why am I not playing? Well, what do I need to do? Like, you have to have those hard conversations. Right. And, and when it comes back to discipline, you have to do things right when no one's watching. You know, when you're training and you're working for things, your head coach isn't always going to see what you're doing, right? But you got to make sure you're doing things every single day to get better and chase your dreams. So that's the first thing I think that applies to, you know, real life. And, and it sounds cliche, chase your dreams, but you're literally chasing yours and you're doing it. It's I'm trying. not that crazy. Yeah. I'm proud of you, but keep going. Thank you. Uh, the next one, um, this goes back to uh, high school. My, my high school coach, Coach Forrest, taught me this. Uh, he called it an, uh, 90-10, the 90-10 principle. Life is 10% what happens to you, 90% how you react to it. And you can apply that to every single part of sports. And I did. That's how I always thought about every single play. All right, well, I just missed that shot. How am I going to respond to it? That's 10% of this game. That's how that's game. And then it comes back to real life stuff real quick. One of my friends passed away when I was a senior in high school. How do I respond from that? You know, it's 10% don't have it. And, you know, how do you be there for the people around you? How do you, you know, react to that kind of stuff? And, you know, that just has been something that stuck with me the entire way. I mean, anything you ever go through, um, you know, 
being in a situation with sports where you've had to get through something that's really tough and you see that it was worth it to work hard for it and the people that you have that support you, you know, that just applies to, you know, everything that happens outside of sports, I think. So, and that's, you have to train yourself to, to think that way. And it's not like, Oh, you just clicked it. And it goes back to our conversation today, Kyle, about happiness. You have to train yourself to, to think that way. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you won't. And it's okay. It's hard. I I think you get there when you hear someone, you know, someone that you consider a mentor when they tell you stuff, you know, that stuff reservates and, and, you start thinking that way. Yeah, absolutely. To where like, oh, he told me this, I need to look this way. Relationships yeah. and coaches. I mean, I've talked to friends like in the past where like <clears throat> I'm like, "Oh my god, this is a huge deal. Uh, I got to talk to you about this." And whoever I talk to says, "Dude, that's not a big deal." And I'm like, "Oh, well, he doesn't think it's a big deal. Maybe I shouldn't think this is a big deal." Yeah, sure. Definitely. So, sure. I mean, it def- it definitely does create yeah. like this training idea in your head like you got to continue to think that way. Yeah, no absolutely. Doubt. And with that, it's like uh, next play mentality. That's something right. that comes from sports. And yeah. it's like same thing with life. Like, all right, if I mess up at work, yeah. all right. Well, and it's not to say I don't learn from it because it's a loss only if you don't learn from it. But you got to move on to the next thing and be like, all right, yeah. I'm going to make the next play. I'm going to do this ne- t- right tomorrow. So Short memory, bro. Yeah. I appreciate that. Last question. What else do you want to say that you haven't had the opportunity to say? This is your send off. Um. I guess I have a story that sticks with me regarding sports and life and everything Great. and something that uh, resonates with everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I was at an AAU practice with one of my friends. He's actually playing overseas right now. Who's um, that? Antonio Rucker. He uh, played fake. AAU with them for two years. Did he play at the park too? <laughs> he, he, <laughs> Does he, he own the park? He might. I don't know. <laughs> He's playing in like Spain or something right now. But I remember being at practice and Antonio was from a lower income background and he was always oh you Antonio know, yeah you remember Antonio oh, yeah I yeah. remember Antonio yeah he's an awesome guy awesome guy um he's Great all player. over Facebook now always reaching out and stuff he's a cool dude oh cool yeah but um he would always stay after practice and you know always get shots up and I would stay with him most of the time and there was this one day that I really didn't want to stay with him I'm like Antonio man I I just don't feel like doing it today man I just want to go home he goes that's the most important time to stay when you don't want to do something. That's the most important time to do it. When you don't want to get up and work out, that's the most time you got to go do it. When you don't want to go into work that you know that day, yeah. you know you don't want to get your kid up. You know when you compile yeah. those, you know experience of I don't want to do this, but you beat that mentally. Right. That just adds up, adds up, makes you a stronger person. So I think um, that's that's the last story I want to talk about. That's something that's always stuck with me. Just you know do things even when you don't want to. Always do the right thing. So I want I want two things for you to sound off on. Okay. Um, Twitter handle obviously you said it's got tons of good info. What is it again? It's JMO JMO underscore three one three three one three. Stole and, it for me. And, and what was that quote? What was that quote sitting out there we talked about? Oh, which one? What do you mean? The feet. Yeah. Be where your feet are. Oh, be, be where, where your feet, feet are. are. Yep. Be where your feet are. What Stay time in the is moment. it? Now. Where um, are you? Here. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I like it. Hey, Johnny Montella. Thanks for coming, buddy. I appreciate everything, yeah, man. Absolutely. Hey, love Thank you. Before you hit pause, okay. Just last thing. The Florida man for my brother's birthday is Florida man sent back to jail after not paying for a taxi ride home from jail, which is pretty good. <laughs> so real fast, the Florida <laughs> everyone Google Florida man and, your and then your birthday right after. And everything crazy happens in Florida. So sorry, I forgot to bring this You'll up. You'll get some wild stuff. So, so Johnny's is what? 
Well, Florida man sent back to jail after not paying for taxi ride home from jail. Nice. But Real my brothers could have been family man. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, Florida man sent back to jail after not paying for taxi ride because my bro's a little cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out. I, All right. Whatever. Bye. Later, guys. <laughs>